Welcome to the Kingstonist Podcast, a daily look at news, sports, and all things Kingston. Brought to you by Taylor Audubon. Well, we got all these here trucks for all you pickup drivers that want to take it down the road. With the family or alone Not by the hills down in the valley Ah, you know just what I mean All you pickup lovers Taylor Auto Mall's got you covered and welcome to 15 Minutes With, brought to you by the Taylor Auto Mall. And I'm pleased to be joined by my friend Justin Chenier from the Kingston Frontenacs. Do we only have 15 minutes? Uh, no. We oh, okay. Actually, we're going to do a couple. Of, we're going to do two segments today. We're going to nice. talk a little Frontenacs hockey, and then we're going to talk uh, some uh, mental health issues in a second segment uh, this morning. But uh, starting with the Frontenacs, uh, the season gets underway in just over a week. Um, a lot of buzz in the city, obviously, about Shane Wright and and uh, some of the other kids that have come into town, but obviously about Shane Wright because of his uh, exceptional status. Yeah. Uh, has it helped ticket sales? You know, it hasn't hurt. Yeah, you know, right. it hasn't hurt. <laughs> uh, no, definitely there's a buzz. I mean, when, when you sign a kid uh, who's 15 and gets exceptional status, it tends to raise eyebrows. And we've seen that in Kingston. I mean, there's uh, you, you'll see Shane Wright jerseys in town because people are just that interested. Um, it's nice from our perspective on a marketing side because we know we've got uh, we've got Shane for three years. So, you know, you can start to think a little bit longer term. Um, you know, if you think back, the last time we had four rookies, and we've signed four rookies this year. Yes. Uh, Shane Wright, uh, his line made a Curry, uh, Callens, and um, and Brendan Hache. And Curry and Callens, who I met uh, in the spring uh, when they came for their official signing, they are well-spoken. They're, all three of them yes. are very well-spoken young men. I find a lot of times players in the OHL, having done television, going into my 16th season now, uh, a lot of these kids are cliche machines and yeah, because they they're trained that way. Yep. But these kids actually are thoughtful. They have something to say and and they're not afraid to say it and they express themselves very well. And even though you're talking about, you know, first, second, third and fourth round picks, these are kids who are leaders on their team. Mm-hmm. So they, they had very much those leadership roles. And I mean, Shane Wright is exceptional in every sense of the word, exceptional family. Um, his mom's a teacher. His dad is, uh, you know, is uh, an executive with Jameson Vitamins. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're good people. They're smart people. They're intelligent people. They're well-spoken people. Um, when you talk to Shane Wright, you're not getting cliches by no, any means. He's talking to you, you know, and, and watching him train. It's been neat for the last, you know, few weeks since training camp starts. You see the players and you can always tell the players who, you know, are putting in more than they have to. And he's one of these kids last night before the barbecue. I mean, it was 10 minutes before their pizza was being served, you know, half the team, rightfully so sitting after practice, just hanging out. He was still working out with, uh, with, uh, a curry and they were, they were going hard until they absolutely basically had to be told, okay, guys, you got to shut it down now. Cause you got the barbecue. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the difference between somebody who has it and somebody who wants it. So I, uh, talk, talk, speaking of ticket prices and value, I, I did a little survey this morning just before you came in. Um, you know, you've got uh, you've got some deals. You thirty three percent off. Uh, youth tickets start at nine dollars ninety nine cents. Uh, seniors start at twelve ninety nine. You know, your highest ticket really is around uh, around twenty one dollars. Yep. Uh, for a platinum seat for an adult, that, that's a great price. And so I thought, well, I wonder, I wonder what the rest of the and I just went to the east uh, east division. Peter repeats uh, for a regular seat. It starts at twenty twenty five dollars, uh, and and uh, goes as high as an adult ticket twenty nine 
$29.99. And uh, for seniors, $26. Bucks. Uh, students, uh, anywhere from 17 range from 17 to $24. I mean, so, and, and again, I'll, and I'll go through the generals. They range from 21 to $36. The Hamilton Bulldogs range from 20 to $34. The Ottawa 67s, 22 to $36. You guys are providing great value. You're, you're not, you're not overpriced. No, in, in a fantastic facility. That's the other thing. Yeah. You look around and, and not to knock any teams in the league, you know, we've all got our own challenges. We've got, I would argue, one of the best buildings in the league. Um, when fans come out this season, they're going to see an enhanced lighting uh, package. It's you know, we, we haven't up. said a lot about that, but yeah. the, uh, you know, the city invested some serious money in putting LED lighting in that building. Um, the nice thing for the team, aside from the environmental footprint, is it allows us to program those lights because they're instant on, instant off. So you're in the game. We want to go total dark to create atmosphere and mood. We hit a button, the lights go out. Yeah, because there were a couple of times the last couple of years where it would go from dark, <laughs> turn the lights on, and there'd be a bank or two that wouldn't come back on 16, for a while. 16 minutes from black yeah. to full on. So yeah. within about you know eight or nine minutes, you could you know, you, you were bright enough where you could start to play the game, but yeah. you're talking eight or nine minutes. Yes. Now we hit a button and it's it goes instant. from black and, you know, yeah. so that'll help. But in, in terms, so that's the facility, but in terms of the, the business side of it, it's tough because every team, you know, you get to the point where your product is offered for sale from very different, you know, origins. I mean, whether it's, you know, the, every, every team has a different rent structure and a different uh, license agreement or, uh, or contract with the, with the building owner. And in most cases, it's the cities that own these buildings. Sure. Um, um, and, you know, and pricing is tough. I mean, you 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 want to price it so that people can afford to go, but you also need to price it so that you can afford to keep the business afloat. And you know, there aren't very many um, you know uh, there there aren't very many people in hockey who do it solely as their business enterprise. I mean, you know, it's no secret with the uh, with some of the news in the last few years about the economics of CHL hockey that there aren't very many people who are in it to make money. And, you know, if, if thank God there are people who have the ability to afford to own a hockey team who are passionate about it and it becomes their hobby that, you know, they're willing to, you know, <clears throat> um, you know, invest in something that may not give them their returns year after year the way that they'd like to see them. But, I mean, I got to say, I mean, there are teams in this league that operationally make huge money. The Absolutely. Kitchener, uh, Niagara, L- L- London, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, the, the, the league did have to open its books a, a year or two ago because of the class action lawsuit that's going on by yep. some kids that want to be paid uh, uh, minimum wage or wanted, want some back pay. But um, so, I mean, there are teams that, that, that I recall the Kitchener, the Rangers uh, um, renovated their building for the tune of just over $12 million and the city didn't put a dime in it. The Rangers paid every dime of that. Yeah. And you, you I mean, that, and that's a total separate, uh, you know, entity, the way the Rangers are structured, it's a community owned team. Yep. The, the team doesn't actually, I mean, any money that they make goes back in to, to support minor hockey, goes back in to support, you know, their facility. Uh, you know, it's a unique setup. They also, you know, it's pack 7,000 people in game after game. Uh, the, the London Knights, their attendance is 9,000, you know, 80, yeah, nine. Yeah, exactly. It's the same number <laughs> yeah, every game yeah. because that again, it's and it's the civic support by those uh, by those cities to buy those tickets, and you know it, it sure makes life easier for the teams when you're you know running a business and you you know you've got that uh, that you know that. that I don't want to say guaranteed income, but you know, you can, you can almost forecast it with, um, you know, Niagara, they moved from a small old, I don't want to say decrepit, but decrepit building. Hey, easy. In, I used into, to live beside it. I love the garden city arena. But it, it, <laughs> yeah, in terms it was, of, I, I, I well was decrepit when I went to Brock yeah, university. There you go. Well past the shelf yes. Yes. into, <laughs> into the Meridian center. And I mean, they're now into a modern facility and the fan base has increased with it. The Burks have done a fantastic job working with that city and, uh, you know, doing things to, to, to make that, you know, very much a community and a civic pride team. Um, Oshawa, uh, you know, there's a, there's a city where they've got, you know, the, the rink holds 6,000 people. You'll see at the beginning of the season in the playoffs, 
the house isn't necessarily packed. Um, but again, Oshawa knows how to sell tickets. They've got, you know, the, a group of people who've been running that team for a number of years. You'll see on a, I mean, a Sunday night at six o'clock, the building is packed and it's packed with minor hockey players yes. and students and, uh, you know, with families. But that's the Oshawa, you know, reality. You know, it started off, you know, two generations ago where the shift change at the GM plant, the games were timed so that when you got off your shift, you could go to the Gens game and then go home and go to bed. And the beauty of the generals is they also draw from Pickering and Ajax. And They've got a million people within a 30-kilometer radius of that building. You know, we have 180,000 people within, uh, you know, a 100-kilometer radius of our building. So, uh, you know, the reality is a little bit different, which is why you come back to ticket prices. I mean, we have to get creative. You have to make it affordable for people to come um, you know it's you're trying to hook that new generation if we can make it affordable for kids who drag their parents along those kids come you know that you have a window from the time kids are about five or six until they're about 12 or 13 where Frontenacs are a cool thing to go to yes then there's a bit of a gap when they hit high school age and you know it's just interest change uh, things shift and you know it's it's a little harder to get them out and then when they get to an age where they're having kids of their own all they of come a sudden, back to the draw the draws back there so you're trying to light you know a, 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 a pride in the brand and, you know, a fanaticism that starts early on so that when you weather that gap, they come back going, yeah, this is something I did with my dad or my granddad or my minor hockey team. And now I want my kid to share in what that experience is like. Last season, uh, after the season started, you uh, initiated a change in the in-game entertainment uh, aspect of uh, Frontenac's hockey. Yep. Uh, brought in drums, uh, brought in a band, Trevor Walsh, uh, uh, and, and and other things. Are we going to see more of that this season? Yeah, we've uh, we took the second half of the season. So we went to uh, we did a trip to Nashville and Vegas in October to see what they were doing and see how we can change kind of what we were doing to to raise the bar a bit. Um, that resulted in what you saw in January. Um, we're evolving that show. Um, we've we've kept some things. We've we've changed some things. So the um, the drum line that we had uh, very much coming back, and we're integrating them uh, into some other areas of the game. That was the one thing that we did where we didn't hear a single complaint. And that's tough to do when yeah. you're entertaining four to 5,000 people 34 times a year because there's always somebody who has something to grind about, something you're doing. And certainly because you've got a lot of clientele that have been with you since the 70s so, oh. and, and clientele that don't like change. No, they hate yeah. change. I mean, yeah. and, and, and rightfully so. They've, they've had a, you know, they've been able to come. It's, it's, it's a consistent ritual routine that they've had. And, you know, I still hear from at least one fan of game saying, I miss being able to slap the boards at the Memorial Center when we scored a goal. <laughs> and please bring back the, the you know, the, the fire bell so that we can ring that when we score a goal. And I get it. You know, you it, it as much as, you know, change happens and evolution happens, people really resist revolution. So this year you'll see, I mean, there's a continuation of some of those things, uh, some of the things we haven't brought back, but, um, you know, it's, it's you you try to evolve the game. If, if the minute you get stagnant, is the minute that you fall behind. And, you know, so we're working to, you know, continue to evolve things. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, if you liked what you saw last year, you'll like what you see this year. If a couple of things annoyed you, we heard you. Uh, do you have um, ticket packages? I know you've got season tickets, but are, are there tickets. different types of flex packs? Yeah, or, you can or... buy six, 12, 18 game flex packs. And again, you know, the ticket price, the more games you commit to, the cheaper the ticket price is per game. So obviously season tickets is where the best bang for the buck is. Um, you know, but again, flex packs. We offered a pack this summer, the uh, the home opener pack, 
basically it was just a flex pack, but two of those tickets were guaranteed for the home opener. The other half of that, that the, the other four vouchers were for the first half of the season, um, you know, for 99 bucks. And, uh, you know, our friend Chris McCurcher at Leon's threw in a hundred dollar gift card for Leon's. Those wow. things sold out very quickly. Yeah. Um, we, that was based on the, the very, uh, very popular holiday pack that we sell, uh, in November and December where you get six tickets, you get a Doug Gilmore autograph puck, a ball cap and, uh, you know, for a hundred bucks and again, higher value than you would if you walked up to the gate to buy those. We also, our friends at Gino's Pizza will be doing a friends and family day this year. A few of those, um, McDonald's has come on board and done those in the past. We're working with them to do some more of those. So there's, there's seasonal packages that we have that become, Hey, limited time offer, limited number of packs, but flex packs is, are kind of the walk into, you get a much better price break than you do if you were buying tickets at the walk up and in the box office, but not quite as good as you'd get for a season ticket, but you don't have to guarantee 34 games. You get to pick your seat with a flex Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You get to pick your seat and you get to guarantee, you get to pick that specific seat for all those games. So, um, yeah, we treat you like a season ticket holder. I mean, uh, uh, 34 home games. Are there games? Do you have uh, special events coming up? Uh, we do. So yeah. obviously home opener next, uh, next Friday night, yep. September 20th. Um, we're going to be giving away tickets to see the glorious sons the next night at Richardson. So we, uh, we used uh, Doug Springer's credit card and bought some tickets and <laughs> snuck that one through, uh, Doug, if you're listening, uh, we're good. Um, you know, but again, great Kingston band playing, a, you know, a pretty unique, uh, you know, setup. Um, again, Scotia banks are presenting sponsor of the season. They're also presenting our home opener, uh, great friends at Scotia bank that have done a lot for us. Um, um, we've got some games that uh, we've announced already. So our, our uh, Kingston Canadians night, I can tell you uh, for the first time, I'm telling you, uh, <clears throat> telling the folks of Kingston that the Kingston Canadians jersey will be making a return to the ice. Uh, on December 6th against the Peterborough Peets, um, we're going to honor Chris Clifford and put his uh, banner up in the rafters. of. Uh, yeah. yeah. Never heard of him. No. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, we're finally honoring him after his franchise win record was broken a couple of years ago by Jeremy Helvig. So, um, no, Chris, you know what? You won't find a more humble, nice guy yeah. in terms of uh, <clears throat> representing the city. And, and uh, one of the funniest lawyers on the face of the oh, earth. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I try to stay out of court, Timmy. So <laughs> no, I know he's, he's a hilarious dude. He's, Chris, Chris is a great guy. You know, I got, I got to share this story. So, we, we, uh, talked to a good chat with Doug Springer about who we were going to honor. You were part of a conversation over the last few years about players that we need to look at honoring. Yep. And Chris was always on the top of that list. When I actually made the phone call to Chris, cause I had to make sure if we're going to wear jerseys that night, kind of make sure Chris is available, you know, God <laughs> forbid he's, you know, on vacation somewhere. So we wanted to do it with an original <clears throat> OHL franchise. So the Peterborough piece were a natural division rival, like really make a big night out of that game. Um, so we, we looked at December 6th and it just felt like it was the right time of year. So I called Chris to see if he was available for that game. And, you know, I, I literally, he was at a loss for words. It was a very short conversation. His, uh, his reaction was, you know, um, I'm extremely humbled and honored. Um, I don't believe I deserve this distinction. Um, however, I will be there and, um, I couldn't be more proud and I really have nothing else I can think of saying right now. Yeah. And Chris isn't usually a guy lost no, words. He's he, never he lost words. He, he he doesn't talk too much, <clears throat> but he's you know he's somebody that can very easily engage in conversation. So it was it just it was so nice to be able to do that yeah. and uh, and bring Chris out. So well deserved. December sixth, well Kingston Canadians. You know the red, white, and blue on the ice. Um, you know it'll be a, a neat game. We're gonna we're gonna sell those game worn jerseys. So you know if you're looking for a Shane Wright game worn autographed jersey, this might be your only chance to get one this season. Uh, and that that money, we still haven't decided the charity that we're gonna work with that night. We 
are working with uh, CAM, the Kingston Area Minor Hockey Association, who wear the Kingston Canadian brand. Uh, Steve Walker, their uh, their association president, um, you know, he's when when he you know got wind of what we were doing, um, he said, "Look, at we uh, we want to sell that game out." And you know, natural for us, all those kids have Canadians jerseys, so we can literally create a pretty unique atmosphere. Yeah. So December sixth against uh, the Peterborough Peets. Uh, November eighth is our annual Remembrance Day game. Cad pad camo jerseys, uh, very close alignment with the base. Um, our friend John Price, who's been very yep. instrumental in putting those together. Absolutely. John's fighting cancer right now. Um, I did not he's, know that. Uh, yep, he's uh, he's in the middle of uh, of treatment, and uh, he's got uh, you know a, a a tough road ahead. But if you know John Price, you know that cancer he's doesn't a tough guy. doesn't cancer doesn't stand a chance. No. So uh, yeah, John's been instrumental in that game. So our thoughts are are definitely with John and Heather. Uh, you won't find two people who have been bigger champions for the Frontenacs and the military and the city of Kingston. So. Um, we had plans to do something special for John that we're going to continue to do. We're also that game. We honor two, two local Kingston connections who, you know, um, paid the ultimate sacrifice. So this year, uh, Matt Daw and Randy Payne, Matt Daw, obviously, yep. um, you know, local son who died in Afghanistan. Uh, Randy Payne was a military police officer. Uh, there's a bridge in honor of Randy, uh, in Gananoque that, uh, you know, they, they, they memorialized. Uh, so we're going to honor both of those guys, um, and add them to our honorary captain's list. And, um, that that's, it's a tough game because it's hard to, it's hard to celebrate the military while you're paying respect for the reasons that we have Remembrance Day. So we come back uh, February 21st and we have our Salute the Troops and uh, Salute Military Families game where we can really go rah sure. ha yeah, you, yeah, know, yeah. you know, military, woo! <clears throat> so, uh, you, know, you know, so those two games, CADPAT jerseys, and, um, you know, we're packing some other games in between there. February 15th against London will be our Hockey Fights Cancer Night. It's also World Pediatric Cancer Day so on that date, so it makes it uh, pretty uh, special for us to be able to work with uh, Doug Kane and the group at the Canadian Cancer Society to do something special. Yeah. You have a family day game again this year? Family day game. We're playing, uh, I believe, Barry, Barry. Colts. Yep. We seem to play Barry every year yep. on family day. <laughs> yeah. So that's the game. Um, you know, this year, I think the home opener will give it a run for its money in terms of uh, walk-up. But it, it, family day game, historically, you'll see people lined up to the liquor store um, from the Leon Center box office trying to get tickets to the game while the game starts. If you're coming family day, the tickets are actually cheaper the day before the game. So not only do you not have to wait in line, you get cheaper tickets. And you can buy them online. You can buy them online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Love those Ticketmaster fees. Yeah. Well, Justin, thanks. Uh, hey, appreciate it. Uh, we'll have you in during the season. As the season goes on, I think we're going to have Jim Gilchrist in next week to talk a little more from the hockey side oh. of it. But uh, everybody stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have a second segment this morning uh, and uh, talk about uh, Justin's journey this uh, summer. My car, my car, it's stopped and now won't start. I swear I've replaced everything, but this car don't have a heart. I'm confused, confused, should I buy a new or used? We had our fun, but now it's done, it's time to make a call. Something good that's understood at Taylor Auto Mall. And welcome back to 50 Minutes With, brought to you by the Taylor Auto Mall and uh, joined again by my friend Justin Chenier. And Justin, you know, we've been friends for a long time and over the years we have discussed uh, mental health issues. Um, you uh, have been diagnosed with uh, PTSD uh, through um, a, uh, you're, you're, because we talk, for a lot of reasons, but specifically, more specifically, I guess generally because of your time with the Canadian military. Yep. This summer you went on a journey to sort of go go back 
to uh, not the scene of the crime, but to, but to ex- explain to people. You sure. went back on a journey to really yep. sort of rediscover the root causes of, of, of uh, what you've been dealing with over the, the last few years. Yeah. So I'll start with this summer and then I'll kind of work back a little bit. So <clears> th- this summer, um, I on August 1st, I, uh, I got on a plane at Pearson. Uh, didn't know a single soul that I was going out with. Knew that there were eight other people on that flight that were going with me just because the way that the itinerary on a group flight is. Uh, it was a WestJet flight. Um, to I was taking a flight uh, to Calgary, Toronto to Calgary, a layover in Calgary for two hours, and then another plane to Saskatoon, and then a four-hour bus ride to uh, just north of Nipawin, Saskatchewan. Nipawin being infamous yep. as being the place where the uh, humble Broncos were on their way to when their bus crashed. Um, to a lodge on Tobin Lake. And uh, it's a hunting and fishing lodge, and it also serves a purpose for two months in the summer as a, a place called Camp Independence, um, basically a, a sleepaway camp for um, predominantly military, but also RCMP and OPP uh, and firefighters uh, who battle PTSD. Um, and, you know, people's first thought is, well, why are you going there? So I'll back up the story a little bit. Um, out of high school, I joined the uh, HMCS Cataraqui as a naval reservist. I went to Cornwallis, did my basic training, um, went to Esquimalt and did my diesel mechanic QR1 and 2 as a diesel, you know, as a diesel mechanic at Esquimalt and was working my way through and looking for a Reg Force job. And this was back in, you know, 93, 94 when there were no real Reg Force trades open. What, so, what is a Reg Force? So Reg Force is regular force. It's the full-time Reg military okay. instead of, you know, uh, reservist. So I was a naval reservist looking for a regular force job. Um, the only trades that were open were the uh, combat arms. So, you know, do you want to be artillery or, you know, lose your hearing or do you want to be infantry and... And, uh, you know, yeah. uh, walk around and, uh, you know, be a true. This is before Afghanistan. This is when Canada was predominantly, you know, a peacekeeping country. We, we supplied forces. We had just come out of the Somalia conflict um, where we were peacemakers, not quite peacekeepers, but Croatia, um, you know, the Czech and the Yugoslavian war, that whole conflict. So our role was very much a peacekeeping country. We and through the forces. United Nations. Yes, yes, very much so. Very imp- The leader, you know, with yeah. Louis McKenzie and, <clears throat> and those troops. So in uh, in July 2000, or sorry, July 1994, um, I signed on as a Reg Force infantry with the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry, went to their battle school in Wainwright, Alberta. Um, on August the 27th, uh, I was attacked in my sleep, um, had body fluids, you know, urine, saliva, semen, uh, and other things poured on me while I was asleep. Um, had some trouble with that. Um, the next night after reporting it, I was raped uh, with a broomstick and basically told that, uh, you know, to, to, to shut up and stop causing, you know, uh, problems. Ended up in a, uh, in a, uh, under the psychiatric care of a doctor at the closest psychiatric facility in the Canadian Forces, which was in Colt Lake, Alberta. Um, you know, with a nice F-18s fly out of, um, was there for three weeks and, um, was diagnosed then with having, um, you know, stress related to a traumatic incident, which by itself, having that in your file in 1994, pretty big thing for them to actually use those words. Um, it wasn't a positive in your No, point. no, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. But thankfully those words were there and they'll played a, a reason later on for me being able to get the help that I needed. Um, fought with the brass at the battle school to say, look, I want to train. All I ever wanted to, was to be somebody who could serve my country in the Canadian forces, but I can't serve here on this base in this trade. Five people who attacked me, you know, were charged with two offenses, not criminal offenses, but military, uh, military uh, justice offenses. So they were charged with conduct to the prejudice of good order of discipline. Well, that sounds pretty wordy mm-hmm. and behavior in a disgraceful manner. They were all found guilty of the first one, uh, conduct to the prejudice of good order of discipline. And they were all found not guilty of behavior in a, 
behaving in a disgraceful manner. They were given, uh, I think it was two weeks in the military stockade, which, okay, great. You're going to spend two weeks regretting what you did, but then they came back they and, back. They you know, they there. got back to serve. One of those, <clears throat> one of those guys is still serving the Canadian forces to this day. So, you know, you figure out how yeah. just that is, but, um, I, and, and I was told, hey, look, you know, you're having some issues. Here's the social worker, but you got to get back on it and you need to soldier on and be a man. That's what I was told by a number of people, including the base commanding officer, the, the battle school commanding officer, Colonel John Lockyer, who I'll call him out to this day because he was the, you know, the, 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 the poor excuse of a leader. He retired and lives in Sydney, Ontario. So, John, I hope you're listening to this because I still haven't forgotten your face and I haven't forgotten your name. But I was told basically, look, you're, you're, you're. You're not what we need. You're unadvantageously employable. We're going to release you. I was released. I, I was sent home on November 11th, 1994 at 10 o'clock on a bus. They wanted me off that base before the Remembrance Day Parade. Okay. They, so, they weren't going to offer you any type no, of protection? Or, no. They yeah. just basically said you need to soldier on and be a man. And in fact, I was told by John's uh, executive officer, so basically his, his, uh, his assistant, you know what? If I'm you, I'm going to find those guys and, you know... 20 years down the road, their knee's going to hurt. And they're going to remember the time that the, you know, the, an eye for an eye and everything was evened out. And that just went against, yeah, yeah. you know, it just kind of went against what I believed in. I mean, it's you don't, like somebody watches too many Steven Seagal well, movies. You don't, you don't even the score, you know, yeah. it's just like, you know, it's where are you going to put your score? Anyways, look, it made me realize that I wasn't cut out for that kind of, of career. I mean, as much as I wanted it, wasn't my place to mm -hmm. be. It was a real crappy way to find that out. Um, the three weeks that I spent um, under psychiatric care, you know, kind of helped me kind of figure out how to put some of the pieces back together. But in those days, there was no support. I was sent home on November 11th with nothing, no support, no counseling. I was sent back to Napanee. I was given an extra week's pay as leave pay because I had earned that much vacation time. And that was it. The military had nothing to do with me. Wow. I accessed a, uh, a psychologist through my mom's work. My mom worked for corrections and through her EAP program, there was a, a psychologist who said to my mom, hey, I deal with this thing called PTSD. And it sounds like, you know, because my mom had totally hit so my son, he just got back, so he's experiencing. And at this point, everybody knew that I had spoken to, knew about that first night where I was, you know, had body fluids dumped on me while I was sleeping. Nobody knew about the rape. Yeah. It's something that I didn't talk you about. You didn't talk about that for years. years. No, yeah, 20 yeah, years, 20 yeah, years. Yeah. So my mom knew that something, you know, <clears> that I was having a hard time with it. So Dr. Virginia Lavin Moss, who had practice in Kingston, I, I saw her for, you know, probably six or eight visits. Um, you know, I, I was a 19, 19 year old kid. I mean, I, you know, got better to the point where I thought I was fine and, you know, spent 20 years kind of just, you know, being me and you know, living life and not understanding why my fuse sometimes was short, why I had, you know, problems on Remembrance Day, why I couldn't go to a cenotaph ceremony. I, I could, you know, read the In Finders Field poem on the PA system at the health unit, but, you know, God forbid I was going to go to a Remembrance Day. Ceremony. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you you went on and became very successful. Of, you had the best marketing job in town, uh, in my humble opinion, with the, with the health unit. Uh, you were the spokesman for the for the KPFLA. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was, um, yeah, that's how you and I became yeah. friends. We You were a client of mine and, and and uh, yeah, you you were it right was, as rain. It was very easy to avoid yeah. the uh, the Helen side by focusing on you know, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be flashy and you know, a very you know, uh, attract attention over here so that it hides what's happening sure. on this side of my life. So everything was okay. I mean, th there were problems, and when you look back, you realize, yeah, I was coming apart at the seams in in, in a slow fashion. But trauma tends to breed trauma. So. Three years ago, I was on my bicycle riding. I ride a road bicycle and like, you know, pretend to be Lance Armstrong <laughs> and wear the spandex. And, but that was my, that was my drug of choice. I mean, I have an addictive personality very much fueled by what happened to me and my, the way that I deal with things. So instead of, you know, 
using that addictive personality in bad ways. I ride a road bike for 30, 40 kilometers in the morning and, you know, I control the things in my life that I can control out of the need to, you mm-hmm. know, not be able to control the things I can't. Um, crashed my bicycle, destroyed my collarbone and uh, ended up uh, waking up thinking I was being raped in Wainwright every night. And just reliving the horror again and again. And it's, 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 I mean, I could talk about it now because I've done a lot of work to just kind of put it past me. And, and I've worked with Dr. Virginia Lavin Moss. Mm-hmm. I called her up again three years ago. You know, she remembered who I was. She started seeing me. Um, and, uh, you know, it, um, it, it started figuring out how to deal with these things. But it's, it's, it's scary because you have flashbacks 20 years later where, Tim, I couldn't, five years ago, if you'd have said to me, hey, what were the tiles like in Wainwright in the washroom? I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Now I can remember that there were seven tiles across the front of the urinal. I know the color, the terracotta puke, uh, pea soup color that they were. I remember the grout lines. I remember where the cracked tiles really? were. Everything all of a sudden starts coming Because you back. just blocked everything you out. Blocked you it just out completely. Yeah. It's just, you know, and it wasn't a case <clears> of I forgot about it. I just literally, my yeah. subconsciously, my mind was able to put it in a place. And, you know, I shared this with our friend Shadow on his podcast. Secrets are really like acid. And your, 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 your mind's ability to close them off and keep them in a container for a long time are, are pretty amazing, but all it takes is something to jostle that container and that acid will leak out and it will destroy <clears> everything <throat> in its path. It'll yep. find the path of least resistance and it doesn't matter if it's your marriage. It doesn't matter if it's your job. It doesn't matter if it's your health. It will burn through it and it will kill everything in its path. And, you know, so I was, I was aware three years ago that things were really going to help pretty quickly. Um, through my family doctor, Dr. Aaron Beatty, uh, family doc in town, she was able to sit down with me and we were able to figure out, okay, what are some of the meds that I can use to deal with the, the anxiety issues that I have, the depression? Um, we've also in time figured out, okay, I'm somebody who has attention deficit disorder. No. Surprise! And, and, and that's because of your anxiety. I mean, I yeah. suffer from anxiety and I find I have to really focus some yep. days where I can really work but, at it. But even before, when, you, when, I, when I started to looking at some of the questions and some of the, uh, the assessments, I was always somebody who had ADD. I functioned very well with it, but it also, it's, it's cost me relationships. It's cost me, you know, uh, effectiveness in certain career paths. There's great medication and just having to sift through and find the one that works best for me. And again, it's having a family doctor who's willing Mm -hmm. to invest that time and who's willing to work with you on it. And and Dr. Beatty has been fantastic. I call her Dr. Amazing because she's just awesome. Um, And then, you know, I'm back with uh, Dr. Lavin Moss. I see her. Part of what she did was help. She said, okay, well, this happened when you're in the military. Are you working with Veterans Affairs? And I said, well, I'm not a veteran. She said, what are you talking about? You're in the Canadian yeah. forces. You actually signed, I mean, you were, you were, you actively served in the <laughs> Canadian forces. It doesn't matter how long. Yeah. Um, you better reach out to veterans. Affairs. She helped me with that. We got the paperwork through, um, you know, and then part of, uh, you know, so part of that was veterans affairs saying, you know what? Yeah. I mean, your medical files clearly state that you were dealing with trauma, you know, stress related to a traumatic incident that happened while you were serving in the Canadian forces. And you know, it, it, you were injured in training. And, you know, so I worked with a couple of veterans in town who, uh, you know, one who's seen some pretty dark days in Afghanistan, who became a peer counselor, who, you know, the first thing he said to me is, look, you got to get over this, this issue that you have with your label. You're a veteran, you know, it, it, veteran doesn't mean veteran that you served, warfare. That you were deployed. It just means, it just means yeah. you served. Yeah. And now that you said you weren't deployed, yep. just because you weren't deployed doesn't make yeah. mean that you're not a veteran. You're not a war veteran. Yeah. You're a forces veteran. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and that term it, you know, it, it's as much yours as it is mine. So you need to get over this whole thing where you don't feel worthy of having, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you're fine with it. And so that's where I was able to go. Okay. So I got my veterans card, you know, I've got uh, help through veterans affairs and they stepped up to the plate. But I think, you know, when you present a case as clear cut as mine, it's kind of hard, <laughs> kind of hard not to. So, I mean, thankfully, you know, I, I don't have to worry about how I'm going to pay for my psychological treatment. I don't have to worry about how I'm paying for medication. I don't have to worry about, you know, and there's a gamut of stuff available to me. Should I need to go down those roads back to how 
how this all started. So in, in uh, a month before I went to Saskatchewan, I got a phone call from uh, a very close military friend of mine in Kingston. She served in Afghanistan. She has seen horrors that I'll never be able to have nightmares over. And she treats me like her little brother. She was responsible for bringing the Poppy Memorial on the ice for, mm-hmm. for the number of years with the Frontenacs. Um, she was part of the team that created that monument with uh, with fragments of a uh, an armored personnel carrier that was uh, that was lost in in uh, in Afghanistan. Um, her and her husband treat me like you know her like family, like, like, like family, and yeah. to, to a point where you know it's just it's just so humbling to have somebody care for you who really has no you know no need to. Um, she called me a, a month before, and so you know early July, and said. Um, you're going to get a phone call. I was talking to somebody who runs, you know, this program is called Wounded Warriors Weekend, but it's a month, it's a week long camp that you go to with a bunch of other people suffering from PTSD. There's peer support counselors there. There's really no agenda. It's just go and and hang out with people like that. And Justin, it will bring you so much healing. I can't explain it, but if you're able to go, you need to go. So I said, okay, Renee, yeah. I trust you. Yeah. The phone rang half an hour later, and it was this guy by the name of Blake Emmons, who, uh, you know, was a Canadian game show host back in the 80s, was, uh, you know, a country western singer in the 70s. Oh, yeah, I just remember the yeah, name. If you yeah. Google him, it'll be like, yeah. that guy? Yeah. He, he, he's best friends growing up with um, Bob McDonald, I think is his name. I probably got it wrong, but uh, Bob McGrath, sorry, Bob McGrath, Sesame Street. Okay. And they used to host this telethon in Saskatchewan every year. Um, you know, it just, it's, and, and Blake's life mission is to put this camp together. It's been running for a dozen years. It started off as a weekend at a hotel across the street from a legion, and it's grown to a place that now has its own home at this hunting and fishing lodge. And he just said, Justin, Renee's told me all about you. Are you able to come? And I said, Blake, I can. I'm going to make sure that I can come, but I'm a little bit afraid. Like, this is this is, this is is really out of my comfort zone. Uh, he said, that's part of it, brother. You just, you know, you're in a safe place with us. And I said, okay, how much is this going to cost me? He said, it's not going to cost you a cent. Everything's looked after. We fundraise for this. We look after you. This is all taken care of. You need to get yourself to Pearson. I'm going to send you an email with your plane ticket. Wow. And then everything's looked after. They paid for flights, everything. Paid for everything. WestJet, you know, I don't know what the commitment is, but WestJet stepped up. Sure. Um, You know, it's just, we, you know, so... My my favorite, I mean, I got a thousand stories from that week because it really became a place of healing and just working with other people. But, uh, and just being, you know, you're able to sit down and talk to somebody who, you know, one of my best friends that I see, uh, you know, on a weekly basis still, um, we text each other 50 times a day. Uh, his name's James. He lives in Gananoque. He was a veteran of the first Gulf War. Okay. Yep. And James will go from crying to laughing to crying in the same sentence when he's talking to mm-hmm. you. He has seen horrors that I'll never understand. Um, you know, but he's also the, the, the most sincere, humblest, uh, you know, just straight up guy you'll ever meet, um, wears his heart on his sleeve to a fault. Um, and again, I didn't know any of these people. I'm sitting in the airport in Calgary and I figured out one guy with a service dog was probably with us. Okay. So you start deducing, okay, who am I with? (laughs) I'm standing by a window. I have a, a bottle of smart water, smart, sparkling smart water. And there's a lineup to, to, to like the family washroom, you know, about 20 feet in front of me. And I go to open this bottle of smart water and it blows up all over. I, didn't, I must've dropped it or something. I didn't realize I was nervous as hell. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it literally, it blew up all over me. It's all over the window behind me. And I was just taken off guard and I look over and I make eye contact with this guy and he just looks and he says, oh, and thick Tennessee accent. Oh man, are you all right? <laughs> I said, you know what, if this is the worst thing that happens to me today, it's going to be a good day. And he said, oh, uh, you know, so he pulls out a WestJet napkin and he says, um, I've got a napkin. And I'm like, I, that's a start. So, you know, I said, hose. yeah. So, 
I just said, I said, he's like, is there anything I can do? I said, you know what? Would you do me a favor? Could you just wash my suitcases? I'm just going to walk over to the food court around the corner and just grab a bunch of napkins to just, you know, clean this up. Oh yeah, no problem. No problem. And as I'm walking away, you hear the announcement. Uh, if anybody asks you to watch a suitcase, please report it to security and, uh, and don't leave unattended <laughs> yeah. bags. And I'm thinking, Oh, I hope uh, I don't get in trouble for this. So I went and got napkins, came back, dried myself off and thanked him and everything. And he was just like, are you sure you're okay? And I said, Oh yeah, no, no, this is good. And he's just, you know, he was crying. Because he'd seen the potential for the upset. And again, didn't put two and two together. He went and used the washroom. We get on the plane to Saskatoon. As we're getting off the plane, I notice him in the back of the plane. And I'm like, oh, okay, that guy's, you know. And I then get off. And by the time you get out to where you pick up your luggage, there's a welcoming party with, you know, thank you for serving in Canadian flags. Just, you know, these people waiting to just say, to welcome you. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'd, you know, I'm so overcome. And he walks out behind me. And I looked over and I said, hey, you're the WestJet napkin guy. And he said, Hey, you're the, you're the, you're the, you're the, you're the guy with the can of soda pop. And, uh, you know, realize that he lives in Gananoque. He works at wow. plow farm equipment and it's just, is the nicest guy in the world. There were four of us that are from, so, you know, I'm from Kingston, James is from Gann, Jay is from uh, Brockville and Shane's from Toledo. We're like four guys that met at this place on this journey that live within an hour of each other. And, you know, we, we and you guys are still in, you guys are obviously in, in touch, touch a lot every yeah, day. Good. Um, we try to get together. Um, you know, we, we, we decided we'll do breakfast once a month. So on, on September 1st, the one month anniversary of when we actually met each other, we went to the casino in Gannon, had their seven ninety nine all you can eat buffet and, uh, <laughs> you know, for breakfast and, uh, lost a hundred bucks on the roulette table, but it was a good day. Great. So, Great. yeah, I just, it, it, yeah. you know, it, you, you learn to not necessarily look for the you know the, the the journey is the journey it's not the destination that's that's really where the healing begins where i'm not headed anywhere i'm just going to try and you know really take stock of what happens around me and not necessarily like recovery doesn't happen ever it's you no know, you're, ne you're, you're, you're never okay exactly you yeah. just learn to deal with it in different and then you yeah. know it's been a it's been a tough year for me personally in a lot of areas but in other areas it's been you know some in some a lot ways of healing the, the best year i've ever had yeah. well you know buddy uh you know, you've, you've had jobs you've had with, 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 you said with the, with the, with the health unit now with the front, actually you have a very public persona. So people have a, have their ideas of what, you know, Justin Shenney is all about, but to, for you to come out and, and to explain to the world what has happened, you're helping a lot of people more than just yourself. I mean, this is something where people go, uh, holy geez, if this guy can go through it and talk about it, I mean, you're going to get people to, to face their problems. And well, and that's, I, and that's the message be, right there. Yeah. It's, it's, it took me 20 years to be able to talk about, you know, the rate part of it. I could talk about the other part very easily yeah. and I couldn't figure out why. Well, it's because again, it's, I'm focusing on, you know, what, the easy part and you know as easy as it was to talk about yeah. having somebody dump a bunch of body fluids on you while you sleep it was like ah that was easy well because it meant that i didn't have to deal you with didn't the other part. deflect the other but part it's so important <clears throat> you know I, we've, we've all got demons that we're trying to overcome some of them are big some of them are small but they're big or small to me looking at you my you know i might look at you and see that you've got a small demon but to you that could be the biggest thing in the world mm -hmm. and you know it's it's you know and one thing i've learned is my 10 might be your two so the worst thing that I'm going through might not even register on, 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 on your list of things, but that doesn't mean it's not real That's to right. you or not yeah, real to me. Exactly. And, and, you know, we're all struggling at some point. And, you know, the, the message that I have to people is it's okay. It's okay to struggle. Just, yeah. just reach out, get help and, and learn to deal. And don't let that acid destroy everything in its path because it will. And, you know, once it starts to leak out, it's going to find the quickest way to to get to where it needs to go to, and it's going to destroy everything in its path. And that's right. And then then you 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 go go to other ways to deal with stuff. It yep. could be substances, alcohol, whatever, and 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 
anger, you know, yeah. but to get help is, is so important and to talk is so very important. And that's why well, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for doing this this morning. I'm very proud of you. Hey, thanks brother. And like I say, yeah. still I rise. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great day. Great day to be alive. Absolutely. Thanks, Jason. Thanks coach.